Hello, hello, and welcome to an episode of Clearing the Air. I am your host, Colin DeBlow, a.k.a. No One Famous, because I'm not. I'm so excited to be here today with you guys on this very first episode. This has been long awaited. I've been waiting to put this out for probably eight or nine months. I have been anticipating the concept art and everything for the file and just getting live and just throwing content out there for you guys. So this has been long overdue and I'm so excited to finally be able to release this podcast. My first guest I'm here with today has been one guy who I'll just never forget the conversation that I shared with him when I met him. Um, his name is Jing. Hello, everybody. Um, happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Colin. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Good, good. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited because the, the funny thing is the backstory, so how I met him, um, I actually posted an ad through Facebook and I was selling my Xbox. Um, I figured, you know, I had no time to really play anymore, and I had other things going on, you know, work and family, you know, all the regular stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out and sell my Xbox, and I had, you know, a few people who were lowballing me, making me weird offers, spamming me, and I was getting uncomfortable. I didn't want to go to certain areas of town to go drop this off, because I had recently just moved out of the Champaign-Urbana area, and I was getting primarily people from Champaign. Uh, so I finally came across uh, Jing, and um, when he had found my ad, I was like, okay, cool, he's gonna buy my Xbox off me, he seems pretty safe, I'm not gonna get like robbed or anything like that. And, you know, I drove out there one day, and I see this kid, I mean, I'm a kid too, but I see this kid, <laughs> I see this kid and he pulls up on me, and a bicycle, and I'm like, I'm like, this has to be him. <laughs> and so he he, pull, he pulls up uh, on his bike, and he said, "Are you calling?" He said, "Hey, I, hey, is this Colin?" <laughs> if I remember correctly, is that that's that sound about right? Mm-hmm. So I I pull, he pulls up, and I said, "Hey, hey, is this Colin?" And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, do you remember what I said? I think no. I don't really remember. No, I don't really remember what you said, um, but I do remember our conversation. Though I think we just started off um, with making small talk, and then we discovered that we had similar interests regarding where we want to be in life. Um, so, and everything went basically from there. Yeah, I, th- I think we we kind of got off on a tangent. And I was like, hey, how are you doing? And it was just like, for me, it was like the the strangest thing. And I mean strange in a good way because we had such an organic conversation. And honestly, um, so this is another thing too. Uh, he, student at the U of I. Um, so recently you know, graduated. Yeah, just recently graduated from the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. So a UIUC for everyone that knows the university. Um, recently just graduated, but when I had met him, I, th- I think you just graduated. Yeah, you recently graduated right after, because what, this yeah. was, uh, was it June? We met, we met um, sometime, we met sometime mid-July, mid-July, if I remember correctly. Okay, so it's, it's been so a couple I, of months, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been some time, but I remember I was like, 
kind of blown away by the conversation we're having just because we kind of went in, we had the same conversation about this conversation mm -hmm. literally Definitely. and we said you know you don't really be able to have these kind of conversations with other students and stuff like that and, you know we i think we kind of talked about being in the digital era we are in now a lot of people are so you know pertain to be inside their phone they're constantly looking at twitter scrolling through facebook on instagram you know updating their friends texting their friends uh looking at like pin whatever you know mm -hmm. they're just so into their phones and it's like you could like bump into someone and if you say like hey how are you you know people just oh, not not yeah. often like why well, I, I think you, you brought up a I, good point I, last time yeah i start i definitely uh i definitely um remember what we were talking about now um we were de we were talking about how oh we were talking about how people over here some people over here could be quite uh, fake to each other um, in the sense that you can see somebody that you recognize on the street um, and like I guess fake say hi to them um, and then go back to your phones and basically not engage in like a real person-to-person -person conversation um, with them. Uh, we also touched up upon personal growth I believe is another topic that we touched up upon. Um, and is there anything else that you remember, Colin? I think I mean think that was the basis of the conversation. Uh, another thing I want to bring up too, and we'll get to that after, uh, was obviously I mean the listeners can't see it, but I can see it. Uh, you weren't born in America. If, no. Yeah, you're not. You're not from the United States. Mm -hmm. So I think another important thing too is kind of like to touch upon is you know moving to america why did you pick this university and kind of go from there but i want to touch upon too where you started off that conversation was you know uh people being fake and i don't want to you know demonize or make it sound like it's a terrible thing yeah. just because it's kind of like a natural thing and i mentioned to you too i said you know what if someone's running to class mm -hmm. or if something just happened and they got to be somewhere you know they're not trying to be rude or anything like that absolutely they, they got to be somewhere um, but I think more often than not that I've seen, you know, because I'm from this area and, you know, being a part of, you know, North America in general, the United States, um, so to speak, uh, you know, people are, you know, so involved in, you know, technology. And, you know, I just think now we kind of get off a persona that, you know, we have to be cool with everyone to not insult or offend anyone. We got to make everyone happy. Uh, but then when we get... Uh, to like one-on-one -on -one type of conversations and it's like hey how are you and then they walk away and they're like yeah fuck you uh type of <laughs> type of d demeanor um not saying it you know uh, out loud but you know thinking it of course and it's just kind of like a nasty thing and it's just like i wish you know people were like more genuine but it, i've caught myself doing it i'm sure you've done it before and it's not necessarily Definitely. intentional all the time uh, but I just I think kind of like now where we're at in society, it's kind of like a human nature thing to just, you know, brush past someone and just say, hey, or like shake up for a second. And I, I, yeah. think I did it myself. And then immediately leave. Basically. Yeah, I actually yeah. did it two weeks ago. Um, I saw someone I went to high school with um, re and uh, I didn't realize it was them for a second. Like it was someone I was like associated with. I wouldn't say we were friends. But it was someone like I was cool with, you know, I could say, hey, what's up and like shake up with them and whatnot. Like, that's fine. Um, but for the most part, um, I like said, hey, how's it going? And that was kind of it. Yeah. I didn't really have anything else to say. You know, I try to not associate myself with a lot of people from high school anymore, um, being that I've been out of high school now for 
five years, mm-hmm. um, almost six years will be six years next year. Um, but besides the point, you know, I've kind of moved on from that point in my life. And, you know, now people, you know, uh, back to the topic, people in general, you know, are just like, they're not willing or open to like, just say like, hey, how are you doing? Like have that like friendly neighbor, neighbor type of, you know, attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me, you know, was pretty ref- refreshing to just be able to like have, I, we talked for like 40 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say. And just, it, just standing out in the parking lot, basically. Like, <laughs> like in, we, mind you, we were in the parking lot of, uh, what was it? It was, it was the ARC parking lot. The ARC, yeah, of the ARC on the university campus here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just having a conversation, and it was like blazing heat. It was, it was, it was, like, it was like 80, 90 degrees, it was, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. it was like humid, too. And I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was like like really sweaty by the time yeah. I got in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was carrying a bag, and I was like, damn, I have to, <laughs> I have to carry this Xbox back. <laughs> I, had a, I had a diaper box, and, it was, and I had the Xbox and all the controllers and headsets yeah. and everything in it. And I was like, here you go, man. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna expect this guy that I just met to just carry this box leave, yeah. uh, on his bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, I could fit in my backpack probably. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thank God, because I would have felt bad if you would have had that box because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything protecting it, mm-hmm. and you would have just like dropped it like that would have sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and then to go with over the other thing too, what, what was it again? Uh, the other topic that we talked about. Yeah, other than the kind of like interaction genuine versus like fake interaction we talked oh we talked about hob like our hobbies and like personal growth yeah yeah um so this was actually um a topic we just actually just like discussed like 30 minutes ago before just sitting down um mm-hmm. you brought up e-commerce and yeah. i thought it was awesome uh just because you get a lot of influencers and in that stream that are like relevant through instagram facebook youtube all these different social media platforms and they're promoting themselves and you may occasionally see one of their products through their stories and they're not gonna ever tell you what their product is, what their story is, because why would they give away their winning formula for mm-hmm. until, you know, they're like capped out on it. Uh, but anyways, you know, e-commerce, you know, online business, so to speak. And we talked about doing like Shopify, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the biggest like platforms to like promote an online store. Um, and I kind of touch based on too. I myself kind of with my experience I had my own Shopify store uh, back in December of 2018 and um, I had a website and everything for it I had a Facebook page for it mm-hmm. Instagram page for it mm-hmm. I had a handle for it through email yeah. um, and whatnot and that was a really awesome experience I'd spent a lot of time doing research through YouTube and whatnot and I had a kid friendly clothing store type of niche had VAs, virtual assistants. People don't know what VA stands for. A virtual assistant is someone who can do like tasks for you that is remote. They can work remote. They don't have to be in the same area as you and they can do tasks, whatever. They have t- things they specialize in and get done. Um, and yeah, I didn't spend a whole lot on VAs, which was nice. I had people that were doing designs and social media and getting all this stuff handled for me. Things I didn't, these were like micro tasks and I was like thinking of the big picture. So I was doing macro things. Yeah. Um, so I had, um, outsourced for that stuff and got the ball rolling and I think I got my store up and running I spent like nights on and designing the store and getting products uploaded and stuff like that so that that took quite a bit of time and once it was a go then I was Facebook ads Facebook ads Facebook ads like spending money and spending money on Facebook ads and I was like I'm gonna promote this and it's gonna go big hopefully um, <laughs> emphasis on like hopefully <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I had spent a couple months doing that, and I think I made two sales in the first week, and after that, it kind of bombed, and I was like, you know, I'm just too discouraged. You know, most drop shippers, people that have Shopify stores, drop ship. So essentially, drop shipping is you know getting product from you know, websites like Alibaba, AliExpress, and then you know importing them from China to the United States, and then selling them as if they were your own. And a lot of people do this. You know, be honest. I'm sure you listening have seen someone do it. Or you bought a product that probably was, you know, made there, but has, you know, a different form of branding on it. Um, so they're, they're everywhere; they exist. Um, but I was just nonchalant with it, and I had my own brand on it. I didn't logo anything, whatnot. That was something I was getting into next, um, but never like reached that point. But that's something I really got into. And you mentioned that you started your own store this summer mm-hmm. as well too. Do you just want to like talk about your store and your experience with it? Sure. Um, well, I guess after I graduated with a ag and bioengineering degree, um, because for me, when I first came into college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, didn't really, like, yeah, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I guess the major was picked for me by my parents. Because um, I don't know if you guys know about the Chinese stereotype, but it's that you basically have to, um, I guess, quote unquote, be an engineer, a doctor, or like some, some, or have some high value skill in life. Um, and obviously, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, it's just that I realized. I think the start of my senior year, that I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life,、um, and I wasn't really a big fan of bureaucracy. So, I, yeah. So as senior year hit, and you know, like real life kind of looms upon you, you start to essentially question yourself, and you start to. Try to find yourself and try to seek happiness in a sense.、Um, and for me, I basically just listed a bunch of things that I wanted to do, a bunch of things I was good at, and where I guess where I saw myself in ten years, twenty years from now. And I definitely didn't see myself.、Um, I guess. You can put it this way: as like a cog in a machine of some big corporate company.、Um, so after I graduated, I knew that I always wanted to start my own business in a sense.、Um, so after I graduated, I had the liberty. I had a few friends who have started an online business.、Uh, I think they were two years older than me,、um, and they've done really fairly well on this. So I thought that I would give it a shot,、um, and it has been definitely been an interesting experience for me because、um, I guess the most important lesson that I I've learned from this endeavor was the concept of failure and how how failure will always happen regardless.、Um, and for those of you who are like scared of starting something new.、Um, Let me just tell you, like, don't be scared because, like, failure will will happen. Like, you're not going to be perfect on your very first try, 
because that's what hindered me from starting my own business and hindered me from exploring things that I loved because I was too scared to essentially make that first leap and I was too scared to because I wanted to be I wanted to be perfect but I knew that and like perfectionism is you know like perfection perfectionism isn't really a good word it's like a bad word it's like you'll never achieve perfection so like perfectionism um like I had to get the word I had to get the word perfection out of my mind um so during this endeavor it was so fun to learn all these different skills associated with starting a business um for me I knew that I've always liked stuff related to do with like art um slash aesthetics slash uh creating something of my own so building the website was uh I guess the first part and I really enjoyed that part because I got to create something of my own that millions of people could essentially see uh, and I definitely feel a sense of accomplishment by showing my product to others um, that took about I guess a month or so I, w I would say because um, I was still learning all the different concepts that had to go along with starting an e-commerce business. Um, so after finishing my website, I uh, I moved on to ads. I hesitated to move on to ads because ads like as running ads and shooting ads are like an entirely different beast from um, from creating a website because you actually have to go out there and you know like. You either, you have two options, which is either to hire a photographer or shoot the ads yourself. And I didn't really have the money to hire a photographer, so I just went to the UGO and I, which is the undergraduate library, and I just like borrowed a bunch of cameras and like, uh, basically like Canon cameras. There's like a Sony Vixia R800 that I really really like. Sony definitely makes pretty good cameras. Um, Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Um, Sony, I want to sponsor. <laughs> yeah, um, tripods, uh, and I like I was so obsessed to the point where I was like borrowing lights and stuff, like, 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 um, studio lights. Um, but it was so interesting because like we were just shooting in the dark, shooting um, in my room, um, and it was a niche that had to do with biking. So we had to like physically go out there in the dark to like bike and bike in the day to show the difference so that was like really really interesting for me and it definitely provided a lot of bonding experience between me and my brother who was uh, helping me at that time did you so did you do videos mm -hmm. okay and then you're using this camera specifically the one you just shamelessly Sony, plugged Sony Vixia R800 <laughs> yeah so yeah use the Sony and your videos how many videos did you shoot um I shot a lot because it was always better to get footage first and then edit it later. Right. Yeah. So I have a background in video myself. So <laughs> uh, I didn't do any videos for my store. Yeah. Probably should have. Um, but I'm curious because I have a Sony as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I could have used my Sony to shoot with. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think I had it yet. I had a Canon previous to this. I have a Canon still, but I have a Sony also. But my question is, so you shot videos. Were you mainly like focusing on like B-roll type of shots with like music and like other graphics and like text? Or were you more focusing on like you being on the bike 
or your brother being on this bike and like making some type of like commercial like cheesy type of ad uh, it's definitely the cheesy type of ad um, and I actually have a story for that so I first started off wanting to shoot this like perfect you know like perfect monumental ad um, that I don't know like rivals like Apple's ad like you know like iPhones ads and you know like those perfect advertisements that you see on YouTube or uh, on TV or whatnot um, and that again is like a uh, something to do with me trying to be a perfectionist because I literally wanted all these like slow-mo shots that uh, cameras couldn't do and you had to like purchase like cameras that were like three thousand five hundred dollars or like fifty thousand dollars for like I don't know like I think 120 frames per second because um, uh, the GoPro on your iPhone only shoots like 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second if I remember correctly um, but yes like basically I was trying to shoot like all these slow-mo shots all these like cool action shots like drone shots and I realized that because because that's what we I guess for me uh, actually that's what we kind of deem you know like the perfect ad I, do you think so Colin like you know like all these like drone cinematic shots and I think in my experience of what I've seen I just so I think it's safe to say when you think about like ads and mm -hmm. videos visual like visual stuff in general I think you want to see it as a consumer first mm -hmm. and then as like uh, a person who like sells it like a, a business or whatever whatever you are so I think it's important to look at, at the consumer point of view so like normally like, when you're like sitting down and like, watch TV or like YouTube and you like you see like an ad typically you click off of that you skip ads generally when you watch mm -hmm. YouTube videos or Netflix or not mm -hmm. Netflix. Netflix doesn't have ads. I mean, uh, Hulu mm -hmm. or like if you're watching TV. So like, I watch a decent amount of TV. Mm -hmm. I can't click off of those ads. Yeah. Uh, but if I see you know something like bigger than life, I like things that are you know maybe a bit more provocative because it gets my attention or something that like yeah, causes honestly. like uh, fear or something like in that nature. Um, but I I, th I think with the drones stuff like that, I think when you get weird angles. So like when I shoot like. Uh, videos or photography I like to get like weird like candid angles so something that's like tilted or mm -hmm. like you know just that's different than normal like a different perspective so you want to go like put your camera like lower higher and I think a drone when you're aerial I think that provides a lot of good content so that's like why now um, a lot of real estate businesses mm -hmm. um, regardless of where you're from there's like drone businesses that specialize in commercial photography because they're able to get those aerial shots um, that you can't really get with the camera. You're not gonna have a guy that's parachuting that happens to have a camera and that can like grab those photos for like a second. Um, that's why I think drones are really beneficial um, for that nature. And I think with GoPro and stuff too, you see it a lot when people are like biking, um, like in like the mountains, um, or like off-roading and like uh, racing hiking maybe not hiking uh regard re disregard the hiking uh but like whitewater rafting anything in like the water um especially water i think i think that's what i was advertised for in the very beginning when i saw really? the original gopro i think i oh, saw yeah. people had them like on their helmets and they were like surfing they're like yeah surfing had them on their board i mean you can put them on like anything people have them in their cars people have them on like any anything honestly that involves like motion so I think if the whole point with the GoPro is to like really like utilize it to get like a motion shot, mm -hmm. and I think it's beneficial to you to you like 
have that other point of view, that perspective. Mm-hmm. Because when you're just having like a person say like, you're who was who was filming? I was I was filming. You were filming it. Yeah. Okay. So I think like if you're filming it, and obviously your your brother was the one on the bike then, right? Yeah. Okay. So your brother Vice was versa. just like we uh, we swap. Okay, so you guys went back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see what this ad looked like. Dude, it's, it's honestly... It's <laughs> supposed pretty, to be like a family thing? <laughs> no, it's honestly a pretty nice ad. It's, uh-huh. it, so, I guess the point I was trying to make is that in the preliminary stages when I was shooting my ad, I really wanted this nice, fancy, perfect ad that you see on like... Um, that's That has like high quality... I don't know, like... I, I can't really describe it to you, but... If you guys want, like, I guess, an idea of the ad that I wanted to shoot, just go search up, like, Apple's, um, uh, like, new iPhone ad or something. Like, where it's just, like, a, you know, like, a cascade of colors and, like, you know, like, high-definition renders. So that's what I kind of wanted. But then I realized that was not possible in my budget. Um, so I remember talking to a guy who was very skilled in e-commerce and he basically told me that those ads are the ads that basically perform the worst because consumers they know that these are ads and they will be more inclined to skip it right away which is why I think in today's society you're seeing a shift of ads being from um, selling a product to something being funny so like Geico and State Farm because those ads are ads that actually are like short skits or whatnot and you know you know those ads are you know what those ads are selling but you'd be more inclined to finish watching those ads because it's very funny it's like something new it's if it doesn't feel like you're being sold something in a sense so what I did was um I don't know if you guys watch BuzzFeed but there there are a lot of BuzzFeed videos where it's like super cute where it's like with like the cute music and then you like go around like um just like i don't know just like doing random stuff so i shot like a buzzfeed version of that ad which is uh something really really comical um and like it did well i would say because it got a lot of engagement and um people were sharing it and people were liking my facebook page um but I, right now, the main trouble that I'm having is that I still have to essentially find the right audience. So, yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. Sounds like you've had a, quite the experience. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised, why didn't you tell me about any of this stuff? I really, I, that's, that's so cool. Because um, it's like, yeah, it's like I know what I did, and I was like, yeah, it was cool, whatever. People are like, oh, yeah, it's so cool that you, like, went out and did this. And I'm like, it, it's okay. Uh, and you yeah. probably have, like, the same reaction, too. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I learned mm-hmm. from it, and it, it yeah. is all right. But it's like I'm curious to, like, see how the, the videos and stuff turned out just Definitely. because of the way you describe it and stuff. Like, I have a, a image in my head of, yeah. like, kind of what to expect. Yeah. And I can see it being, like, really cheesy as hell probably yeah, it is. but but it's i think cheesy. but i think that kind of like evokes a lot of like emotion exactly. which is kind of the whole point of exactly. like ads and i think the biggest thing to say in you know business too is to build a relationship with the consumer mm-hmm. um you know it's not just as like you know 
a merchant and a supplier or a consumer and all that stuff. It's you know more as like hey like we're buddies type of you want that you want that you know with that feeling you know I'm more prone to you know have brand loyalty to a company that you know provides me quality service and that treats me like like one of their own you know I want to feel like I'm wanted um, into that but yeah that that's awesome um, curious though so it's like you've been in Champaign Urbana for four years correct four years four years so you for just, for long years I would say for long years. <laughs> So you've been here for four four long years, and you just graduated. And what what was your degree in again? Uh, ag agricultural and biological engineering. Uh, yeah, under the yeah, under the College of Engineering. <laughs> start okay. off start off in Aces. <laughs> nice. See, yeah, I never attended the University of Illinois here, even though I've been a native forever. Um, but yeah, it's always interesting to like meet different people who are studying different things, because a lot of people that I've met are generally in like engineering or business for the most part, just because the University of Illinois is known uh, for engineering primarily. I'll say primarily because there's other, I think there's other degrees that people really go out for because they have really good departments for too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was really cool and it's like, oh, I, and this was like different to me. Um, so I was like, what? I like, I've never like really heard of that. Um, just kind of like where I'm coming from mm -hmm. um, just because I kind of like I said the biggest thing I grew up around was like business type of you know majors and accounting marketing yada 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 and whatnot so forth um, so what what made you you know uh, want to come here and then first off just because I, I think I remember you telling me previously where you were born and I'm gonna guess, but don't get mad at me if I butcher it. But I'm gonna guess, right. and I want to say, okay, I have two guesses, uh, <laughs> probably both wrong. <laughs> I want to say, okay, first one, my guess, where you you're from, Beijing? No. Okay, my guess, my second guess is Shanghai. Yes. Sh okay, so I got okay, so guess number two is right. So you're from Shanghai, uh -huh. and to everyone, because some of us are like map challenged. <laughs> well, where, where is Shanghai? <laughs> so Shanghai is a city. Shanghai is a city in China, um, and it is a city near the city. Um, it is a city near the ocean, uh, with with a population of eleven million people. And like coming over here, um, and like this is my observation, and I'm just basically going to say it straight, but. Um, Hopefully you guys don't get offended by this. <laughs> Disclaimer. But, yeah. Hopefully you guys don't get offended by this. But a lot of you guys, well, a lot of. Well, let's rephrase well, that. Yeah, first. I shouldn't say a lot let's, of. You let's guys. Get, yeah. let's just get it correct here because you're you're offending me and I'm like yeah. right next to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, you, I shouldn't say you guys. A lot of. A lot of. Americans. Should I, think, I, should I go about saying that? Uh, I like that better than the first one. <laughs> I would say, uh, are we like, if you go like percentage, a good majority of Americans. A good, yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. A good majority. And his opinion also. Yeah, this is my opinion, so please don't get offended. Um, <laughs> a good majority of Americans, and like this is from my observation. So like everybody, like everybody's observation might be different, and like everybody's opinions is different. But this is my opinion. Um, it's just that. The, a lot majority of Americans still feel like China is like this mystical uh, Eastern land, you know, like where everything's like, you know, like w like when you think of China, 
they just think um i don't know just basically everything you guys well not i shouldn't say you guys everything that's basically taught in media um and from my perspective people think that china is like very underdeveloped and like a dirty place and like etc etc um some of this might be true however me coming from a city of 11 million people which is similar to essentially new york city and has i guess some of the tallest buildings in the world um is one of the fastest developing city in the world um it's interesting for me to see that how opinions can still be lagged behind in a sense i guess is what i'm trying to say um and i guess i i should put it this way but it, i i guess it's important for people to go outside and kind of visit different places cuz um cuz the world's a big place i guess <laughs> the world is a big yeah. place yeah. yeah we're a lot of population but yeah. okay so just to start off cuz you kind of yeah. said a lot there yeah so <laughs> and i just want to like I, i'm not trying I, I, I hope I didn't offend anybody by saying this, and if I did offend you, I apologize. Here, I, yeah. I will clean up the <laughs> Jing drop down for everyone. So essentially what he's saying, and I, and I think, and I was like listening, I didn't want to chime in. Um, to an extent, I feel like some of that has been true when I was younger. Yeah. So I think, this, I think this is a little bit dated. Yeah. Um, I think that is true from what I've heard when I was younger kind of growing up in like grade school, I think I kind of got that stereotypical like notion that yeah, China's overpopulated, they have so many people, mm -hmm. it's dirty because there's not enough like land for all these people and mm -hmm. how do they shout like, cause what, there's, what's the population in China in general? It's like 100 insane. million? I think so, somewhere, maybe, I think that number or maybe even like more. Okay, safe to say it's overpopulated though, yeah, correct? Definitely. And that's why they're so like restrictive now on having children now well they actually uh they actually um canceled that policy I when think. when was this i think it was last year i don't know why though why am i so uncultured <laughs> um okay so for a long long time though this was like the thing and i think they were saying what that they can only have like male children too why yeah. was that the thing because statistically as far as the population goes there there was more females no, no what what was what was the thing around that then it's just that chinese traditions just valued males more than females it's definitely very i heavily disagree with it but it's just the tradition over there just like how some traditions aren't necessarily agreed with um around the world but you know it happens but um i don't disagree with it and it's definitely changing as the world is becoming more connected and more liberal i would say interesting okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a terrible thing it's interesting <laughs> interesting um but yeah so okay we and okay yeah i don't know why i was gonna say interesting for like a fifth time um but to go back off of that yeah so like Growing up, yeah, with that 
overpopulated, yada, yada, yada. Okay, the little, like, dirty thing. I don't know if that was, like, in, like, a history book or, like, what. I feel like I've seen, like, really bad, like, images kind of going into, like, small detail of that type of stuff. Yeah. I think it was more about uh, geographic, like, when I was taking geography and stuff when I was younger and um, when I was also... Um, don't mind the bell. Jeez Louise. I'll probably edit that clip out. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll get stayed in there. Oh, well. Um, but to go back over that, there was a little bit of stigma towards towards that in the media. Maybe so. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I remember hearing a little bit about it, I think, through maybe like CNN or, you know, a few different, different types of sources and whatnot. But I think ultimately, I think we've kind of gotten past that notion. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'll say, even like now, is I see a lot of products and it says made in China. Yeah. I think I think that's the first thing that I like resonate with childhood mm-hmm. is like that, like products. And mm-hmm. it has like a tag that says made in China. And it's like, okay, so that got me thinking, okay, why is it not made, you know, in America? Why is it not made domestically? Why are we, you know, having things, you know, made overseas and then we're importing it, you know, to America? So I think that kind of made me question things for a long time. Um, and that's when we kind of get into like the whole dirty thing. So when we talk about like exporting and importing, you know, goods and all that stuff, we think about then like the notion was, I think for a while was, we, we meant like, like dirty. So like sweatshops. So like the tr- like traditional Amer- American, like traditional thing to say is like sweatshops. Yeah. And to elaborate on the word sweatshops or yeah. term, is you know like Nike yeah. outsources basically yeah. um, you know labor in China to but, have like these fat. You go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna point out that's just how capitalism works though, because um, mm-hmm. you know like that's literally what that's literally how capitalism works. Like you have to have somebody at the bottom who is making these goods for cheap. You know, so like in a capitalistic focused society nowadays, like that can't be helped you know you have to change the system like there's no way for you to let's think about it like if you give these switch shop workers benefits and you know like pay them a reasonable humane wage which obviously you should the whole capitalism system will kind of collapse because then your goods will be priced higher like you wouldn't get nike shoes for cheap um like everything would be higher so like it's like a it's like a questionable moral decision, you know, like people want their goods for cheap, but at the same time, they don't want people suffering, but there can't be like one of both, I guess. I think there's a lot of great area around this topic. Yeah. And for me, it's like, first off, Nike is expensive because it's a name brand. Mm-hmm. Adidas, Under Armour, all these things, in my opinion, I think are expensive. You know, as a person, if you're out here buying off-white, Gucci and Louis, mm-hmm. all that stuff, then, you know, you probably think I'm like dumb. But for the majority of us, I think, especially for the demographic that I'm in here in Illinois, a lot of us wear Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas uh-huh. for shoes, at least. You know, people wear like Mizuno, Asics, all this other stuff. There's a lot of different brands, but for the most part, you're probably paying 80 bucks plus for running shoes, and I think that's uh, correct. But for you know a company like Nike, you know, outsourcing their labor and you know having everyone make it you know overseas, and you're you know they're paying what like nickels to the dollar probably. Yeah, probably they work for what like that's kind of messed up you f- think about it. an eighth uh, like less or a fifth i think i was just reading this in a textbook yesterday actually so i shouldn't know it but i know they work for a fraction 
like at least twenty percent for what like a dollar is worth or whatever. Yeah, holy, and I and that's it, crazy. isn't a part of that though because the here the thing is though too, the the U.S. dollar is worth more than like the currency in China though, right? I know it's yeah. worth more than a yen, but what what do you what currencies for China? Uh, the RMB. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know the value of that, but I want to say it's safe to say that the U.S. dollar is stronger. It's one dollar to seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Obviously, safe to say then. So I think that's part of the reason, though, why. Oh, I guess that kind of, yeah, that kind of makes I sense. I think that yeah. balances out, though, to be yeah. honest. So it's like they can afford, we can afford to do that because of how currencies fare. So, like, for instance, too, to kind of give more context on it, if you're going to go down to Mexico, say you're going to go for mm-hmm. a trip to, like, Cabo or, like, whatever like that. I don't know why I brought mm-hmm. up the, the example. <laughs> but, for instance, though, you go down there and you have, like, $1,000 in USD and you exchange it before you cross over to the border and get you know pesos you're pretty much balling down there and this you know big portion the reason why and we're gonna get into another like context where you know people might have opinions on this and but the thing is you know people go down there or people come from mexico and assimilate and you know up into the united states and they have families down in mexico and they'll they'll work here and they and honestly a lot of parts of america get paid a pretty decent wage now um, the minimum wage here in Illinois has been 8.25 for almost a decade now, if not longer. Um, but other parts of the country, like California and New York, have higher minimum wages, and a lot of people are working up to that because I think eventually we'll be at 15 nationally. Um, so we're progressing pretty fast. Um, but my point is, along with that topic, is you know they have families down in Mexico, and they're gonna be sending all this money you know down to their families. So it's gonna be almost like they're like they're balling pretty hard. Like they're gonna have a lot of money because the value of the USD is more. And that's my point. It's more than all these other, I don't want to say underdeveloped countries, but I'll just say that they're not as fortunate. And I'll and I'll use that term kind of loosely in that extent. I, I agree with you. I've never actually thought about it that way, but now that you pointed it out, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, but uh, but politics is always a touchy topic to uh, <laughs> to speak about. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to get into the politics yeah. of anything like that. My whole yeah. point is just like uh, economically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, back on the whole like Nike thing and shoes and stuff like that. Um, I people are gonna spend the money because they want to put on a persona. I think kind of going back to the very first discussion, as far as like the whole fake and genuine interactions, kind of like so like that's part of like a flex um, brand building. Yeah, so part of like a flex. So it's like people on Instagram will post like them and like they're like all Nike like fit, so to speak. And you know, I've been the person to do it too. I mean, we all kind of have fallen into that trap at one point. But it's like now I don't really necessarily care like what I'm wearing. I'd care if I'm comfortable and if and if I just like look halfway decent and that's all I really care about then a day. But to go along with the whole like Nike thing and whatnot and it's like not even like <laughs> It's like I said, it's not cheap. I don't think it's cheap, in my opinion. I yeah. go to Walmart and buy some flip flops, and like <laughs> add in my own like customized part to it to make it cover my like my toes, you know, if I could, and spend like fifteen twenty bucks. But that's that's just not you know the the reality of it. So now we have to spend all this money on shoes, and I get it, it's quality and whatnot. But the thing is. People, I think, perceive this whole quality thing domestically versus internationally. And now we're popping back in the topic of the whole, like, sweatshop thing. Uh, you know, things being made in China. So Nike's being made in China. My Nikes, I'm wearing Nikes right now. They're pretty good quality, to be honest. And I'm huh. pretty happy with them. 
I wear them like every day and doing that for like a few months now and I'm gonna need new ones soon. But my point is if I were to buy running shoes from Walmart mm-hmm. that are also probably being made in China, if not another like country, you know, on that part of the world, they're probably not gonna be as quality. Um, but I'm paying a lot less, but they're gonna be similar. I'm not gonna say they're the same quality, but they're gonna be probably similar. Uh, but that's the risk you do take when you are, you know, uh, getting you know work done, you know, overseas, and outsourcing for that type of stuff. Is you know, you, that's the risk you take unless you have managers that are based internationally. That you know, they're either from there or you have someone that's based here in America that you know goes out there to take over that account and make sure like that warehouse is running to the quality that you you know you want. Um, but yeah, it's it's the risk you take, and I I think overall, you know, I want to spend you know, what I think my money's worked towards. Uh, a lot of clothes I haven't bought myself, like shoes. Mm-hmm. They've been like Christmas presents or birthday presents. And I've been fortunate enough to, you know, be able to receive those types of things because I do think they're a necessity. I think we need to have footwear, <laughs> especially for like people that work jobs. Mm-hmm. You have to have shoes in public. Um, so I'm not going to say like it's a want. I'm not going out balling and I have to get on my like my uh, Gucci Gucci uh, flip flops, yeah, my Gucci flip flops. I don't have those. I never will have those. I don't think they're worth it. I think it's a waste of money. So that's that's my two cents on that topic. That's how I'll clear the air with that. So, <laughs> what was our what was our topic? What again? was the question? <laughs> I think I forgot the question. Uh, <laughs> we'll move forward with that just yeah. because I think we said a lot there. Um, yeah. I think we're t- economically the U.S. is stronger than a lot of other currencies except for like the Great Britain Pound, and that's a whole other story, which we're not gonna get into today. Um, moving on from that, um, so you came here, yeah. and I think we, we're on the topic of where you, you, so you came from China, you came from Beijing, I was, Shanghai. I was, I was born in, yeah. <laughs> Outside of Shanghai. Inside Shanghai. Inside Shanghai? Yeah. So, okay, I think you're about to say, and I could be wrong, are there like, Towns? I don't know even how you, you call it. Yeah, do you have like towns inside of cities? Shanghai. But that's a city. Like which, picture New York City. But it's like, like a state. Compared to like yeah. compared to like America. That's like a state. In a way. Wait, say it again. It's considered so like, okay, looking at the United States, mm-hmm. they're United States. Yeah. Everything is broken down into fifty states. And then you have cities uh-huh. and then you have towns. Yeah. And then in China you have China provinces provinces yeah. kind of like also I can relate that to Canada I'm not mm-hmm. obviously I'm not too educated into that span mm-hmm. but provinces that's uh-huh. that, that's what I was I was making sure <laughs> I was I wasn't gonna say anything like you correct me I just didn't say anything at all so provinces are within like these big cities such as Shanghai right no provinces are like cities are in provinces Basically. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for educating me. <laughs> it, yeah. It. We don't have we don't have states. We have provinces, and like there, I guess there aren't really like. Boundary lines drawn on each state. I'm not too sure though. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah. So you, when you were okay, so take me back to the beginning for you then. Uh, you started school, um, like, not like college, um, but I was, like, 
I was I was born in Singapore. Okay. Um, which is a tiny, tiny city um, that's south of Asia, basically next to like Malaysia and um, Indonesia. Um, but Singapore was really nice. I was there until I think first grade, second grade. Um, and then I spoke with a Singaporean accent, um, basically like a company, basically, uh, and I spoke Mandarin and English, um, from a very young age, and I had a Singaporean accent, Singaporean accent, and then I went to Shanghai, and I went to a British school, so I spoke with a British accent for a bit, and then that was until ninth grade, or eighth grade, and then I went to Shanghai American School, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then no, I was gonna shout out it's good, but um, but then I like I guess I started developing an accent like this, um, and yeah, I came to the states four years ago, and you know it's been interesting ever since. It's been interesting learning about the states. It's been interesting adjusting. Um, everything I learn every day, I learn something new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you you had a you got a British accent. I did, yeah. You had a, a, a <laughs> so you know so so British people say like can't instead of can't like I can't do this. They say I, I can't. can't do this. Yeah, I can't so do this. I used this. to talk like that for a while. And okay, how long did you have this accent for? Well, I went after after going from the British school to the American school, and then I met this dude who's mixed, who's a mixed guy from Utah. Um, and his dad was mixed with what? Mixed. So uh, his dad was white, and his mom was Asian. So his uh, so his dad's like a diplomat um, who who's working in Shanghai, um, and he's and he's Mormon, and he's uh, he's from Utah. And then I went over there, and then basically became good friends with him. And then um, so from a British school to an American school, and then. I remember, like, he was telling me, like, dude, like, don't say can't. You're at an American school now. Say can't. And then I guess I just converted. Yeah. That was always an interesting story. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, going from can't to can't. It's yeah. a big difference. And I think, too, is, like, here in the United States, like, you have southern accents. You have, like, Jersey, Staten Island accents. I think West Coast, East Coast. People come in and say, like, I've heard like a Midwest thing too, and I think pe people saying that there's a Midwest accent is like the silliest thing because I feel like it's just normal. <laughs> but I feel like everyone's gonna say, "Oh, I speak normally," like <laughs> define like normal. Um, but I I think that's that's funny though. So, and then you okay? So when did you moved here back in 2015? Correct. Okay, and did you, you did you say you had your major picked out, or you just kind of like? Oh, you like you threw a dart at like a board, and you're like, oh, I picked this one. I had my major picked out for me. Like my dad literally wanted me to do this major. There wasn't really much choice going into it. Like I didn't really have a choice coming into um, college as to what major I should pick. Um, but as and like I, uh, and I guess I didn't tell you guys this, but for a, a long period of my life, I honestly believed that that like, you know, life is this set path that you had to walk down. Um, you know get good grades, you know, get like a good major, um, get a good job, 
family, blah blah blah, be a functioning, be a good citizen in humanity. But then, I guess after coming here and realizing how much more freedom I had, and just you know, like being to all these different places and meeting all these these different amazing people, um, like it's it's nice to essentially be free, quote unquote free in a sense, to be able to explore and pursue what we want to do. Um, and again, this comes down to like risk taking and you know being scared of like taking that first leap because because um, yeah, like like we're doing this podcast right now, which is like a first for both of us. Um, and like it's scary to take this risk because you don't know what people will perceive of you. But like, and sometimes people get that too deeply into their minds. So like, um, yeah, coming over here, I definitely developed a better understanding of like what it means to be, uh, to do whatever, I guess, you know, like, um, free will, the American dream, all that good stuff. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's, I mean, there's a lot of, I have a lot of demons in my head that kind of like battle between like, is America great? Is America not great? What's the greatest country in the world? And I've yeah. seen, and I mean, it's all up to your interpretation. Yeah. I'll have my beliefs and, you know, I'll say at the end of the day, yeah, I do believe America is the greatest country in the world. And I think the biggest things that go around that is because we're able to develop this American dream and because we have uh, free will, freedom of speech, we have the Constitution, we have our rights, I think all that stuff. I think all of it is what, you know, does make America great. I'm not going to get into the slogan of MAGA, MAGA. Uh, that's a whole other topic, which I do never want to touch into, um, unless you... <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm not going to touch up on that. But I just want to say that it's important to be nice and kind to people while opening your mind to people who might come from different places from you because there is a lot to learn from this world and I can genuinely say this because I've been I've traveled to a lot of different places and I've studied many different places I've studied in France and I've studied in Sweden and those and Sweden is is some is a country that I'll never forget because um, people over there are very uh, people over there are something else um, so yeah I just I just wanted to point out that like it's important to basically have an open mind in life and just you know like make friends with whoever and um, don't always believe what you hear on the news and definitely try to create a judgment for yourself in a sense yeah it's very uh, it's very cryptic but <laughs> the many words of being <laughs> well said no I, yeah I, I agree with all those things I just I think it's input is like input equals output whatever you put in is whatever you get out treat people how you want to be treated yeah. and you know I think that's kind of the ultimate thing I think at the end of the day we should be like nice to one another and it just I kind of my person I go off of energy with people and it's like I can kind of tell in the get go it's like is this person going to be real with me are they going to be nice are they rude and kind of all those different things I'm not going to guess like your lunch order like I don't know what you ate yeah. um, <laughs> and like you had turkey salad <laughs> don't treat people in customer service like crap because like <laughs> That's not that's not good. Like they're human beings too. Like that that's that uh, was super yeah. random. <laughs> yeah, that that was super random. Did you just go to Walmart earlier? <laughs> no, no, no. But you were talking about like turkey sandwiches and like I was just thinking I was just thinking about like how some people treat their subway service like like crap. You said Walmart then Subway. Yeah. 
you talking about Walmart or Subway? I'm talking about Subway. We're talking about Subway now? Yeah, because we're talking about turkey sandwiches, right? <laughs> okay, we are we are next door to Subway right now, too, yeah. which is actually the ironic part. Um, but yeah, a great last message, random message um, to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome being able to sit down and talk with you. Um, I think what was really awesome about our interaction and this coming of doing this first episode together on the podcast was that our initial interaction with each other, like who meets in our parking lot on campus and it pulls up on a bike and has like a, a, a baby diaper box full of like an Xbox and just like they talk outside and like 90 degree weather for half an hour about like random stuff. Yeah. But it was just such a genuine thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, I don't think I would have had that same interaction or similar, you know, experience with and you know another person just because like I mentioned it's just such a rare thing to do so it's it's you know it's been awesome being able to you know see you again it's been a while it is, so it we we, we caught up for a bit um because you got a new job yeah um and I've had a new job for a bit too so we're all out here you know making moves and stuff like that since you just graduated real quick before before I wrap up yeah um this because this was such an important thing I don't want to go off too long about it uh-huh. but to kind of wrap up as like the last topic is because I thought it was so interesting uh-huh. uh, was that you mentioned that with your current job now it had to be involved with what you're majoring in oh yeah and to go along with that you said that you had to work there and I was like distraught because you're like why do you have to work here like there's other places right mm-hmm. and you said, so basically for um, international students and I guess students trying to work in these states, um, after your, so I, I came here with an F1 visa, which is an F1 visa is a visa, is a four-year visa um, for basically any institution in the United States and allows you to stay four years for you to complete your education. After this visa is up, um, there are two options for the said per- well there are three options for the said person one is there are three norm like there yeah there's three options basically one is the OPT um, which is the optional practical training which allows a student to stay up to a year in the United States providing they get employed with within three months in a sense they can't have three months of unemployment the second option is the H-1B visa, which is a, which is that the company sponsors you to basically work for them. Um, and the third one is, if you can't find a company, um, if you can't find a company, um, or like you applied for an OPT and then you're, uh, you haven't found a job in three months, then you have to leave. Um, you know, which is, which is interesting to me, but this is just how the system works, you know. Um, and many people don't. Uh, many people don't agree with it, um, especially since you've, you know, you've invested four years of education, in like a, in, in the United States, like higher education. Um, so for me, um, I got my EAD uh, August the fifteenth um, of this year. Yeah, August fifteenth of this year. Like literally came four months. Well, it took four months for the card to come so I couldn't start working right away but uh yeah in the meanwhile like I've been applying for jobs and stuff etc etc um and I got a job basically at this 
small seed company at Illinois Crop Improvement, which is down by Research Road. Um, they're great. They're a great company. And, uh, for my first day, like I, I definitely see myself. The CEO is a very nice man. Um, so yeah, like. It's definitely interesting, you know, because there are many international students who are in the same boat as me. Um, and, you know, like with the world that's now shifting towards like tech and like, you know, big data and whatnot, if it's, uh, I, I can say that for many majors who aren't in, um, who aren't in this so after degree, it can be a bit hard to find jobs. So, yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> Isn't that something? I was just like, I just like sat there in like an astonishment. I think when you were telling me this, because I was just like, wow, you have three months to like find like a job for 20 hours a week minimum. And it's like the whole point was I, I was making about this as why I was like so shocked was because the graduate like like graduation like rate in which people get careers or jobs right after they graduate is I mean, it's fairly high. But still, it doesn't account for everyone, and then especially too doesn't necessarily like have you know analytics down to like where it's U people that are U.S. based and then people that are you know coming you know internationally from other countries too, um, and I'm sure like the numbers are probably you know even among depending on majors too. So I'd say like you have a better chance of getting a job if you're in the and doing like business or engineering or a medical field as opposed. No offense. To do an arts just because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. such a hard field to get into especially exactly. in like illinois i don't know of many like careers where you can go into like art and i don't mean like art like drawing or painting specifically but i mean like someone like myself um you know i wanted to go study film in chicago and you know i'm you know grateful that i didn't end up going because that would have been a lot of debt yeah. um, and I don't get I can't guarantee that I would have had a job just because it's super competitive up there and you I mean anything in life you got to bust your ass for uh, of course no doubt but my point is that you have a higher percentage higher chance of getting a job in a field that's more practical sorry if I triggered you but I'm just kind of telling the truth <laughs> um, you know because I was told for a while you know I remember uh, growing up I think at one point I was told that I, this was going like my senior year of high school to wrap up with that um, I probably end up working at Starbucks if I went that route and that's kind of true with a lot of people and even in California people that go there to act model sing dance guess what they're doing they're serving tables or bartending yeah, yeah. and that's also facts so I mean it is what you make of it but I, I think overall, my point was, you know, the best thing is, you know, 90%, maybe even 95, 80, 85% of, you know, people will find a career, you know, within three months after. But not everyone does. You know, you could be driving for Uber right now on your bike. <laughs> or I, I technically can't because um, it has to pertain to my major. So. Oh, yeah. And the, like, I can't even get like a temporary job at Starbucks because it's not allowed. Yeah, he has to have a job that's involved with this. See, that's the problem I have with it. And, you know, that that blows my mind. So I'll, I'll leave that there for the listeners here, you know, kind of the debate. You know, what's your opinion on, on that topic as far as, you know, do you think that this should still exist? What was it called again? The the card or? The ED card. The ED. 
you, you mean like the system you mean like the the uh the requirements like um i guess the policies in the ed or the ed itself i think the pol i think the policy is what policies, i was getting right, at yeah. i think because it's such a dated thing yeah. and you know given now uh i think we're getting you know more people i think in the school now i want to say that the field is getting more saturated and if we uh keep pushing people to keep going to school or i mean there's people it's kind of split people i think are leaning more towards you know, entrepreneurship now but if they realize oh i can't do it it's too hard then they just go to school anyways so my my whole point is um you know i think they should you know refigure this policy out maybe give you know an extension period maybe, i think six months is reasonable but honestly you know Forcing someone yeah, to find months, something in their field. And, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I think if you're forcing someone in three months, to be honest, and it's like they're obviously that's trying. Crazy. They're not like living off the government here and there. Mm -hmm. Of course, I think everyone that moves here wants to be a, a contributing member of society for the most part. And, you know, the, the taxes and whatnot, paying all that stuff off, whatever. But, you know, my point is you're forcing someone to get a job in a, or a career and a field that they, ha you know, what if you, there's nothing here for your specific thing or anything's everything taken up and, you know, you need to do other stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it just, it's put in a bad situation, I think, where you're kind of like forcing stuff. But, you know, I, I think for what you're doing, you're doing good. And I, I think you have a lot of potential moving forward and doing what you're doing. And, you know, hopefully down the road, they'll change those policies. We'll see. I think there's there's a lot of change that that needs to happen um in the world so especially here but i'll let y'all decide that um let me know what you guys have thought about the first podcast today and as you mentioned like jing mentioned it's not going to be perfect this is the first time i'm just glad absolutely to, to finally put out content and that's all i care about uh we're just sitting down having a discussion, mm -hmm. talking about life, and mm -hmm. that's what's meant to bring light to people, is, you know, two people just sit down, have a conversation, and, you know, balance ideas and learn things. You taught me some things today, some things I probably should have learned in geography class in grade school, middle school, but, you know, hey, some things slip through the cracks and <laughs> can be forgotten really easily, um, but to be able to kind of share those experiences that and kind of you know learn from it and grow from it you know that's my goal of this just because if i can educate someone or you know i can help someone that's that's amazing and i just want to be able to sit down and learn things from people and to grow from them and i overall uh, i'll be happy with it so you did i i really enjoyed talking with you colin and you did absolutely amazing as a host and thank you to all the viewers for listening to me that sounded so fake. <laughs> first, first off, yeah, th thanks, thanks for having me, and um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, no, but yeah, no, it's it's been awesome being able to sit down and like chat with you. Mm -hmm. um, I think this was a first really good run, and we'll kind of keep going from here. Uh, each week, we'll have on various people to kind of discuss different topics, kind of based on you know professions here and there, and we'll have fun with it and kind of ride with it and keep on going from there so thank you guys for tuning in and listening to clearing the air once again i am colin DeBlow. thanks for tuning in peace